Welcome to Finding Christ in Crisis with Jordan and Connie Parker. We are back again today to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. But before we uh, get started, I want to pick up where we left off on the last episode. If you listened to our last episode, you would recall some story that I started telling. I'm not quite sure where it went, but I refer to the fact that Chris Kringle um, had a red beard and Connie, my loving wife, shot me down. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Remember that, people. She shot me down. Mm -hmm. And so I was informed by one of my fantastic co-workers that um, we need to watch the claymation. Here comes Santa Claus, I believe. And that that claymation Santa Claus, also referred to as Kris Kringle, mm -hmm. has a red beard. Well, honey, you found the one exception. Um, I'm sure if we were to find the percentages of white beards to red beards on Kris Kringles, the Kris Kringles might have a red beard 1% of the time. So 1% of the time, my love, you are right. Congratulations. Nevertheless, you are wrong. And that is where we're going to end that at. So yes, I'm not quite sure where that story went, but that's where we were at. So um, yeah, all right. So uh, well, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get to the topic of discussion that we have today. Um, I believe it's going to be a nice hot one, um, especially considering the uh, climate that uh, about 100% of parents in the world are in right now. Honestly, we got this question and I've really been just thinking about it and not really sure if I was ready to tackle it or not, but here we go. Uh, the question came in and it says, as a parent and as an educator, how do I know if I'm making the right decision for my own children during this pandemic? Well, that is a loaded question. And um, yeah. so a little bit of backstory on Connie and I. I, I am an assistant principal and Connie was a classroom teacher and still is a classroom teacher at our house. Yes. but uh, not in the classroom in the schoolhouse. Not traditional. Exactly, exactly. So um, we definitely have a uh, layered um, view of this. Um, yeah, we're both parents. We're both educators. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just flip to Mark 3, verse 4, and it just told us what to do? But that'd be too easy. So is that what you're going to go to first? No, that was, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be great if scripture just said, hey, in the event of a pandemic, this is what is right. But it doesn't, you know, you have to use wisdom and discernment to discover what is right for you. Yeah. So where are you taking us first? Well, I'm going to take us to a story because um, facts and uh, are always uh, have to be supported by a great story. But okay. and, and listeners might out there might think my stories are terrible. I don't know. But uh, our first daughter, Claire, who we have our entire foundation, Claire Parker Foundation, based off of, she was a terrible, terrible sleeper. Um, happy, easy, I'd say easiest child we raised. Oh, you could do anything with her at any time. Yeah. But when it was time for a nap, it was like, and once she got to sound the alarms. Yeah, and once she got to sleep, I and mean, we didn't have an issue getting her to sleep necessarily. Yes, it, we did. 
We, well, I mean, you I mean, used to you, put her on your legs and shake and hold her down. Okay, don't say that out loud. They're going to think like I was doing some crazy stuff. No. We were putting her in that straight jacket swaddle thing until she was like four months old. Yeah, she had a lot of energy, a lot of energy in that way. But really, um, so Claire never took really good naps. She just kind of catnapped. Never slept long. Yeah, she just kind of catnapped for about 30 to 45 minutes, you know, four, four times a day is how it felt. So because of that, Connie and I adapted a lot of different routines in our life that just kind of fit with that. We um, took a ton of drives. Um, it was nothing for us to go on little day trips and things, you know, on our days off uh, from school because, you know, she was just such a good sleeper in the car and we could get her moving and like happy that. happy out and about. Never got frustrated not being home. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Never got over um, stimulated being out in public. Yeah, absolutely. So. And so one of the things that we did a lot was we took walks. Um, we live in a neighborhood that has um, streets that are sidewalked and it's just a real blessing to have that. And so we took a ton of walks all the time with Claire. She loved that. She would sleep in the stroller. Um, it was just a really good way to kind of extend her and get her ready for bedtime. And so right about the time she was at eight and nine months, I was in school um, finishing up my first year to get my administrative license to be a principal. And so Connie and I, as you know, we would walk down the street and we would just have these wonderful, wonderful discussions about everything. You know, everything that married couples talk about um, the house, uh, your finances, what you're going to do, you know, all these different future ideas. And at the time we had everything laid out. I mean, we had already like talked about, you know, when we were going to think about having more children. Um, we were in the process of putting our house on the market. And getting ready to, you know, we were looking at buying a, a larger house so we could start having a second child. Um, we had laid out, you know, what our babysitting situation would look like, how long it could be until Connie could possibly stay home if I got an administrative life, a position. We had like all this laid out. I mean, we were just really forward thinking with we're everything. Planners. Yeah, and that's who we are. We are. We're planners in a sense. And then, boom, we go on vacation. To New Jersey where Connie's aunt lives and everything changes. Claire starts to get ear infections. She starts to run low grade fevers that we can't get under control. And for a solid week, we can't figure out what's wrong. And then, you know, a week after returning from vacation, we find out that she has, you know, an extremely high risk leukemia. Took and nine so, days from the first symptom to diagnosis. Nine yeah, days. nine days. And that was it. So all those plans, everything, and I talked about this in the first episode, that when she got diagnosed, you know, Connie stressed out. The first thing I look at, I go, how are we ever going to recover financially from this? You know, and Connie's rolling her eyes at me right now. But, Absolutely. you know, yeah, but I mean, I'm a planner and that's how I looked at things. And so that's something that's going through every parent's mind right now. Every parent is thinking about how can I balance this entire situation? How am I going to be able to figure this out? How am I going to be able to make the right decision? And, you know, it's not the best advice that you're going to want to hear, but I think it's the, the advice that God is laying out for us. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter six, and we're going to be in verse 25. And it's, it's quite a chunk of scripture. It's nine verses here. And it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for the Gentiles? And when he says Gentiles, he's specifically uh, talking about non-believers. Seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And the last verse is obviously the most important here. In verse 34, it says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, you know, Christ is telling us and he's laying out for us that there's just not a whole lot that we can do to prepare in that way because we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. We don't know what it's going to be. And you've got people out there right now with the coronavirus are talking about the end times, different things like that. You know, that's not for us to predict. That's not for us to think about. And don't get me wrong, Connie and I, we have our own stressors about this and we are preparing in other ways. But the number one preparation we need to have based off of this is scripture and god is telling us do not be anxious in anything anything do not be anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough trouble of its own well being anxious is a fruit of the enemy and if you're anxious you're being captivated controlled and driven by fear and then you know satan has you in the palm of his hand yeah. just running around scared unknowing and um that's exactly where he wants you but instead we're supposed to turn it over to the lord and and pray and seek him and see what uh, he has for us when i was thinking about this situation um and what advice i would give i came to colossians three twenty three, and it says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for men um jordan and i were fortunate enough that this scenario did not really give us a hard time we had already decided to homeschool our children, so it really didn't change the pace of what we were doing. The only thing I did was we did not engage in our co-op that we had decided in uh, participating in this year because, in my opinion, I think it will end up closing down anyway. So we just decided to take a year off and uh, just stay home, and uh, I'll just continue to work with him. But I know every family is different. Some working families have to send their children to school. Some have the ability to take a year off from work and stay home and enjoy their children. Um, every family is different. Every scenario is different. You have to weigh it for what it is, and you have to make your own decision. But when you come to the decision that is best for your family, then you have to commit your whole self to it. You have to commit that decision to the Lord. Um, don't commit it to fear. And anxiety and worry commit it in love and just go at it with all your effort and no matter what decision you choose either way you're going to have more time at home with your children life right now is very slow compared to normal and wonderful evening activities are gone um, movie theaters are, I mean, all the distractions are gone. Yeah. I mean, it's pushed the nuclear family back home together. That's fantastic. And, and, you know, these children, when they're not at school, if you do send them to school, 
they have to be somewhere the other day. So it's grandparent, mom, dad. And so you have a lot of downtime that you can use wisely uh, in this season. And one of my favorite verses is in Deuteronomy 6. And it says, um, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. So in all this free time, we have just this beautiful opportunity to introduce our children to the presence of God all day, every day. His beauty, um, the song that he put in the birds, um, just hearing his voice. I know our children, when we take a walk down the sidewalk in the spring and all the flowers are are coming up and some in here are yellow and some are white and some are purple. I tell our children that God is so happy that the warm weather is here, that he's throwing a party for creation and that the flowers are confetti. Um, and that's, I mean, I know it sounds so silly, but you just, you get such a sweet time to move slowly with your children and just show them God's footprint all over. So um, my advice would be just to whatever you choose, give it to the Lord and he will bless it. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the important thing, you know, especially when I talk to parents is that the decision you make for your family, if you, if you make it prudently and you're, and you're thoughtful about it, then it's the right decision for your family. Absolutely. And that's what you have to understand that it's the right decision for your family. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I was excited about, and when I say excited, please don't misconstrue this. I was not excited that coronavirus came in the United States and I definitely was not excited that school closed down. But when we first went through this, there was this initial thought process that things could really, really change for the betterment in our world. That um, all the all these extracurricular activities that are valued, and don't get me wrong, they have a lot of value for, for families. They have a lot of value for kids. Um, there's a lot of effort and time that have been put into these things, and they've been just ripped out. But there's a constant rat wheel that we're running mm-hmm. all the time. And when we can't slow down and we can't catch a breath to do anything, then there's no way that we can catch a breath to take time to focus on God for ourselves. And I can assure you with 100% that if you do not have the time or you're not taking the time to dedicate to the Lord for yourself, then there's no way that you're able to dedicate time for the Lord for your children because if you can't feed yourself spiritually then how can you feed your children spiritually well you become a dry well exactly exactly and so um from a from a spiritual standpoint i thought that that was a great thing that there might be you know a time that we might have more time for each other and our families but also from an education perspective there's so much out there in nature and in life that our that our children can just take hold to and we for so long have told that have told every all these children and teenagers and things that they are not mature enough to do this or not mature enough to do that. But yet we're going to inundate them with so many things in the world that they're way too immature for um, on TV and media and things like that. And so I, I was just I'm, I was really hope hoping and I'm still hopeful that as parents you will just continue to advocate for um, a, a variety of, of education in your child's life that 
you will use this time when you're having extra time with them at home to see the beauty of it. Now, I've had a lot of people calling me stressed out. And the thing is, is don't stress. If you're there as a parent for your child, if you're with them and, and you're walking and you're working with them, they're, they're going to be fine. Kids are extremely resilient, and extremely they, resilient. And they're smart. Absolutely. Um, whenever you break a custom or a tradition or you step outside of the box and you do something different, not the prescribed next step, you automatically become very aware and you're going to see opportunities to do things that you missed before. I mean, just imagine if you were over in Europe and you were driving on the left side of the road as an experienced driver, you're, you're a heightened awareness you would be very in tune to what's going on because you were off the predicted side. You know, you had stepped out of the normal. Yeah. So we're stepping out of the normal. So all of a sudden it, you're going to be able to be very intentional and you're going to see free moments and opportunities to do things that you didn't before. Um, you're going to uh, find time to teach your children how to fold laundry and how to do laundry how to cook, involve them in what it takes to prepare a meal in your home. I know we ended up getting four chickens during the coronavirus. So now our children are learning, you know, how to care for chickens. And my kids love to go out there and care for pets and take them special treats. And we are eagerly watching the nest box, waiting for our first egg to drop. And it's not happened yet. And we plan a garden. I mean, there's so much learning that can be done outside. So, just take this opportunity to be in a different place and um, just embrace it. Yeah. And my, and so then we, we talked about that from a parent perspective. So now this, this individual is asking from an educator's perspective, what do you do? Well, you know, you're in this, you're in the, and I am too, I, I'm in this right now. And what does it look like? It's been extremely hard for me to stay motivated with everything changing back and forth. But I have to understand that there are so many things that we can't control and that our children need us and that we have to be innovative and we have to think of ways to do that. And so as teachers and educators um, all around, we have to be innovative. But I'm going to go on the other side of that. And as Christ followers in in education, I'm not going to say Christians because that's not accurate as because everybody claims to be a Christian and that's not accurate as Christ followers, as people who are humbly submitting to Christ in the education system and that they are walking with him daily in the education system. And you see what that's like. What do you do as a educator? I, we go back to the verse that, that Connie was talking about that you do everything. Um, you do everything to the glory of God and what, what you got there. Well, yeah, you're, um, you're pointing back. You were pointing up to me. What does that mean? No, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to point. Oh, um, was that like an interrupt? Like, I no. just, what does that mean? <laughs> no. Okay. In Philippians, it says that I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So, I mean, this is definitely a situation of want, but this is a place where God can shine. And you, as a Christ follower, can look like the light in the darkness. So amongst other teachers who are stressed, frazzled, frustrated, you can look content, loving, peaceful, 
calm, strong. And like, you could just have this peace about you and this hope. And you can tell your children that this is all going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. We're in this together. Let's just take baby steps. Like what, what are we going to do next? Um, so it's a perfect opportunity for teachers to really shine their light in the darkness. And um, as a mom who was an educator, I would employ all educators to make actually educating the child their second focus and to preserve the emotional psyche of the child their first priority. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really hard to do when you're doing it from virtual learning. And I think that's one of the been one of the big um, things that we struggle with because that's something that's out of our control. But we know that, you know, we know that we need to, you know, do everything in the glory of God, no matter what. And you're talking, you know, you were getting this from a person who was like extremely negative about everything. So, I mean, I'm not somebody that's going to be skipping and, you know, frolicking about and I do want you to know that if you're a per, just you don't have to be this ultimately positive person. It's like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. That can be very irritating. You can still be, you can still be a realist. You Genuine. can still, you can still have your frustrations. You can still do that. But there's a difference between doing that and resting in that frustration and becoming a negative individual that is that is poisoning. Um, you, you know, that's just not it's, it's not healthy for you at the time. Um, to, to, to convey that type of attitude. So just try to look at the positives of that. And, you know, one of the things, I don't know how we got on, we we're talking about in the pre, in our little pre convo, because kind of gets really mad because I could literally just open up the podcast and just talk about nothing. No, we did that once. There's only been one podcast that we started and we had to delete because we couldn't get through because he just opened it and just knew it would work out. And then he like tosses the air ball to me and looks at me and I said, I've got nothing. And guess who gets upset? Mr. No Plan. Yeah, and that's you know that's I should have I should have seen that coming because my dad is a minister. We do have a little pre prep uh, talk now. My, it's a little bit more. That's right. Depth. My my dad is a minister and he's very very prepared and he makes sure that he goes through all of his stuff correctly. And um, he's had some people come and speak before, and he's been like, "So what are you talking about?" And they're like, "I'm just going to let the spirit guide me," and like. Every time. I mean, I remember very vividly sitting in the pew. I'm like, all right, this is going to be an utter disaster. And sure enough, it was. So um, those individuals say, I just want somebody to speak from the heart. Yeah. Okay. I, every now and then somebody is going to be able to, to uh, take that and, and, and run with it. How is this apply? Where are you going? I was just saying that I wasn't prepared. Okay. Where was that going? I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Okay. <laughs> What did that have to do with anything? I don't know. You were given some insight. Okay. And then you got lost in your own rabbit trail. I did. I got lost in my own rabbit trail. Anyways, be prepared. How about that? That's the last thing. But anyways, one thing we talked about in the pre uh, the pre conversation. Oh, here we go. Here, here we go. go. We're back on the pre conversation. Is as Connie said that you know, like you said, when you're on the left side of the road, you become hyper aware of certain things, versus if you're used to driving on the right side of the road. And we had to step out on faith majorly about uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, we're part of a house church with um, various other families as well, and, and we go back and forth between uh, you know three houses for different operations of that. And it was something that was that we had been really been praying about for quite some time, and we just felt like the Holy Spirit was really urging us to do this. And it, it was it was rough. Like the first little bit, it was rough, you know, not having a routine, 
um, having our kids ask questions about it. But I can tell you um, for our family at this time, in this point in our time, I don't, I don't know what our, I don't know what our, our worship will look like five years from now. I don't know what our worship will look like a year from now, but right now at this moment in our life is beautiful. It's fantastic. It's been a fantastic blessing for our family. So anything worth doing, you have to work hard for yeah, it. Yeah, you do. You, you do. have to fight for it. Yeah. And it was a lot. It was very hard, but you know, we were able to, you know, to, to find our groove and, 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 you know, and as soon as you find that groove, the devil knows, and he's going to throw you a gigantic curveball for you to try to swing at and see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, th- that's the whole thing that we're going through right now. And it's not just education. It's all things that are related to lockdowns, to tensions that we're seeing um, on politics and different things like that. You know, the devil is going to try to get in that. He's going to try to get in our minds. And um, Well, look at how know. he's trying to use the coronavirus to get in our minds. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't but, but if you, but if you, you know, if you keep your eyes on on Jesus, He'll lead you through. He'll protect you and take yeah. you through. Yeah, and don't think that we're a bunch of crazies that think you know you shouldn't you know be uh, be healthy out there and be safe and just say I'm gonna you know rely on Jesus. That's not what we mean by no, that. But we prudence, just mean that for sure. be prudent. You know, and and rest in His love. Rest in His love. That's the most important thing we've got to see. And I and I believe that. We put so much focus on things in life for our children specifically. I'm going to go down another rabbit trail here. I don't know how long it's going to last, but we put so much focus on things that don't matter. They that really just don't matter. I mean, and I read a book. It was you know by we actually did a study on Radical by David Platt years ago, and one of the things that stuck out was, was so obvious. And if you're a parent that has a child that's, you know teenage years on up to, you know, in their twenties, if you meet somebody or if you run into somebody that you knew, what is the first thing that they ask you about your child? What were they doing? What were they going to college at? What sport? What sport are they playing? Not, you know, but wouldn't it be awesome if you just say, my child's a Jesus follower. They're in love with Christ. They're in love with the bride of Christ. They're in love with the church. That's, that's, that's what they're passionate about. And I think we forget that as parents that that is our most important calling is to make sure that that is the case. You know, Connie and I, we do talk about that. Like our, like the two prayers, like the two prayers that I, that we consistently try to focus on doesn't mean we do them all the time. Is that that first our children will love the Lord completely. They will marry somebody who loves the the Lord. And the second is that they will marry someone who loves the Lord because the first, the first one is the most important decision that you ever make. And the second one is the second most important decision you will ever make. And if anybody tells you otherwise, then they're a liar. They don't know what they're talking about. I can promise you that. And they can come and have a conversation with me. And I would love to sit on my soapbox all day about that. Would you agree with that? Sure. You got anything you want to close with? Children bear the image of God and they're precious. Treat them as such and you won't, you won't do wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Families, if we can focus on our children, raise them in the love of Christ, then the church will naturally take care of itself. And that's what we need to do. You give me an eye roll. Well, you wrap it up with the church, but this is an education question. I'm not even quite sure we ever, ever answered that question. We did. I think pretty well from a parent and an educator standpoint. Well, sometimes I forget whether or not I've answered it because people ask me things and they just look at me and I can't tell whether or not they want more information or they want me to go away. 
Maybe it's a little bit of both. Like Possibly. they're still waiting for their answer, but they're wishing you get to it. Go away. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. So if you want to email us a question, please do that. Uh, you can email us at Connie. That's C-O-N-N-I-E dot Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. And that's at ClaireParkerFoundation.org. Also, we are on all platforms now. So you can check us out on Spotify, Overcast, Apple uh, um, Apple Podcasts and also Google Podcasts and all the other ones that you might listen to. If you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a review because that ranks us up higher so a lot of other people can see the podcast. And the purpose of this podcast is so people can listen, so we can raise awareness about what it looks like to walk through crisis with Christ. Okay, see you later. <laughs>